Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Okay, so my request uh, before, if you're just joining us, was uh, that you speak the name and tell the, the information that you can share about someone from the website called Those We Have Lost at the New York Times, to speak the name of someone who has uh, passed away from uh, COVID-19 in the last year. And um, and that and be and be willing to do that within about a minute, and then I will call on the next person. I'm going to call on people um, individually, um, by alphabetically by last name from the list of participants here. So again, uh, it, it'll be rough, but I, I hope you'll bear with me. Uh, I'm going to ring the bell, and we'll start with the with the. Uh, I'm going to light some incense. And we'll start from there, okay? Prepare for service. Becky, I'm not sure if you heard the instructions before, but if you did, okay, good, thank you. I'm gonna strike the bell and then I'll be watching a timer and I'll give you a minute. So if you would go first, I'm sorry, I'm going by, I'm going by alphabetical of first name. So that's the way it's lined up here. So Becky, if you would. Oh, oh. 
You can't hear me? I don't know anybody personally uh, who died of COVID or know anyone directly that knew someone. So I used to this site. And the person I found is a woman named Diane Fillmore. And she was 59 years old. She, at, like in 1987, she was, her life was floundering and she decided that going into the military was a way that she might give her life some direction. And um, while she was sitting there in the, in the beginning of it all, she was thinking about the fact that she'd had to choose to leave her infant baby at home with her mother in, in Ohio uh, to, to do this. And she started crying, wondering if she'd done the wrong thing. And the fellow next to her said, it's gonna be okay someday I'm going to marry you. And five years later, they were married and they had three children. She had 30 years in, in the military and then in her 50s started a new career. So, and she was a woman of color with challenges. Thank you. Diane Fillmore. Thank you. Kathy King. Thank you for the opportunity, Joel. Um, I lost um, a friend of 55 years in October, but yesterday we had a memorial for a woman named Diane Hobbs. And I was called uh, to active duty again during Desert Storm. And um, I had to spend a lot of time just um, thinking about what would happen to my daughters because my husband was already on active duty. And I decided that they would go to um, my cousin's family and his wife is Diane. And they took our daughters in and they had two daughters and Diane uh, was a teacher almost all of her life um, in the Atlanta area. And it was a beautiful, beautiful service yesterday morning. And people, uh, people commented about how joyful she was. And one of her favorite songs was James Taylor's um, Shower the People. And sometimes they would walk into her home and she would be singing it while she was working around the house. Mm. And uh, she was just a dear woman. Thank you. I was not really prepared. Thanks to Nancy, who welcomed me with what was going on. Uh, I had time to sing for one or two minutes. And then I know nobody who died from the virus. I'm very thankful for that. But as I had time to find the names of three important politicians 
in France and two in Switzerland. One was Valéry Giscard d'Estaing, who was the president of France, and it was, he was 94, I think. And two politicians in Switzerland, René Felbert, who was a minister, an important man, and another one who was uh, Flavio Cotti, who wanted to be minister but didn't succeed. But this, all these men were really contribute, contributing to their countries. And they were names that I often heard at the radio, for instance. So all my life, are, these names have been more or less present. And suddenly I, I became aware of their, they passed away. And I want to, to thank them for the work they did for their countries. And to thank you for the opportunity. Money. Uh, I really enjoyed that website. I did not know that existed. And it seems like a good place. Um, so my person is Betty Jean Gibbons Randolph Byers. She was my mother-in-law. Um, I don't really know that she died from COVID, but she died last year in the memory care unit in Fredericksburg. Um, she lost her son, my husband, 17 years ago, and her daughter, long before that, because she disowned her, she died all alone. Um, she was a very difficult person. And she did many good things in this world in her own way. So um, this is a great opportunity to honor her because she had no service. That was up to me and I couldn't figure out how to do it and I didn't know who to invite. So um, this is nice, thank you. Darcy? like to mention um, the, uh, a friend of my husband's and, and a friend of mine too uh, who died um, I think we found out Christmas Eve of COVID uh, his name is Wilbur Wilson and they shared um, vegetables and help with canning and things like that and um, the bringing up for me that I still haven't found out what has happened to his wife. And um, I need to do that. She was had medical conditions and I know she couldn't live alone and I haven't been able to track down where she is. And I've wanted to do that, but not taking the third and fourth step to figure it out. And um, I really feel for those who are, so many, many are, that are left behind. So, thank you. Thank you, Darcy. Effie, did you hear the instructions or, or do you feel like you can participate? Yes, yes. Um, person I chose is Deborah Ivey. 
and uh, in her mid-50s, uh, she cashed out some retirement and started a barbecue restaurant called George's Happy Hog Barbecue. And very often when you walked into her restaurant, you would hear her say, hey, baby, hey, sweetie, hey, darling. And uh, everyone loved her smiling face. And uh, everyone who came through the restaurant was well taken care of. Thank you. Well, Ellen Hippard. Um, yeah, I'm very fortunate that no one I know has died of COVID, but I ha have had uh, several cousins and several friends who have uh, survived COVID. Um, but I went on the website and found uh, somebody whose uh, surname had the same initial as me, the first one I came across, and that was Antoine Hodge, 38. He was an opera singer. Uh, Mr. Hodge, a bass baritone, was recently a chorus member in Porgy and Bess at the Metropolitan Opera. He died of COVID-19. He tried out for nearly every role available to him. Not one was too obscure. He saw the production as a milestone in his career. He ultimately won a solo in the scene referred to as Oh, Dr. Jesus. He was a hardworking singer who performed with opera companies across the country. That's Antoine Hodge. Uh, Jess? So I haven't um, known anyone directly who has died from COVID. Uh, so I went on the website and uh, there was a, so Helen Atuck was 20 years old and uh, was a student at um, University of North Texas uh, in Arlington and had a chronic condition of lupus. Uh, she was attending classes there in person and um, she, a uh, woman of color and she, um, uh, her mother, she was raised by a single mother and her mother said that she blamed herself for attending classes in person. She was upset about uh, contracting COVID and then a month later she died. Um, and uh, she wanted to be a pediatrician. Um, and she was going to college to get, um, to go on that path. Joan Harmon. I'm going to talk about my neighbor's sister, uh, Marion Haddon. She was 83 when she died, which was uh, February 1st. She had had the vaccine 
and the only thing they can figure out is she contracted COVID before she got the vaccine. Um, she was born in Austin, born and raised. Their family had Maxi Glass, which was a, a very good business in town. She went to UT and graduated and uh, was a duplicate bridge player and in one of the tournaments met her husband who was in the service and they traveled in many exotic places and everyone loved going that friends and family to visit them and she, they, she entertained them well in these places and when she was in Hawaii she started playing golf, taking up golf. And so in her retirement, she played a lot of bridge in golf. Her sister, my dear uh, neighbor, said she was always a go-getter and everyone had to just run like crazy just to catch up to her. This is Marion Hatton. I'll go next. Um... And the person I want to remember, um, I've mentioned before, it's my oldest sister, Trudy Barna Lloyd, who did not die of COVID, but she died denying COVID, denying that it was a real pandemic, which is a source of great pain to me. And there was a lot of pain in, the, in our relationship that I still feel that I was cut off from her and, and Part of that being cut off was fighting about issues like, you know, that had been turned into politics. She was a woman of um, great character. She, she was divorced in the early 60s. And it had a big impact on me that she could not get a credit card in her own name, that she could not get a loan in her own name. And it was, you know, many years later that she was given, you know, that society came around to recognizing how stupid that was uh, for her and other women. And that, that had a big effect on me, it had a big effect on me that my parents could not attend her second wedding to her husband who has survived her, John Barna Lloyd, who was, um, who's, also extremely politically conservative, but a very, very dear person. But my parents, because of their strong Catholic faith, could not attend the wedding because Trudy was divorced. And that had a lot to do with me deciding I didn't want anything else to do with the Catholic Church. So, I remember Trudy with uh, affection and awe at her spirit and a lot of pain. Thank you. Um, Kim? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about um, Irving McPhail and he was a college president um, at the college I was at for a few years. And I was on the committee that hired him and he was absolutely perfect in the interview. He uh, had memorized the college mission statement word for word. Uh, then one day he said to me, uh, uh, I think we need a website. And I said, well, I start, did a little one uh, last weekend. I could do it. So naively, of course. 
And um, that became like a uh, multi-year project for me and a number of people. And um, then it turned out we really soured on him and he really uh, was not doing a good job. And so the particular difficulty is, is uh, how one feels when someone dies and they don't like them, you know, and when they're kind of uh, poisoned to an institution. So that, then how do you feel? And so, and I was, as other people were talking, I was thinking about, well, what was it that he did so bad, <laughs> badly at? And I can't even remember that, which is probably positive. Um, so anyway, uh, I guess in the end, I have a lot of fond memories for him, the way he, he uh, led us into the future. So that's what I'm going to remember. Laurie? Can you hear me now? Okay. Um, uh, I don't know anyone who personally who has uh, passed from COVID. So I went to the site and chose uh, a man by the name of Aruka Juma. And um, he was, uh, his last name was the name of his tribe. He was his people in Brazil. And um, he was in his late 80s or early 90s when he died of COVID-19. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, Arukajuma saw his Amazon, he's from the Amazon air, area um, of Brazil. And he saw his tribe dwindle to just a handful of individuals during his lifetime. <clears throat> so uh, in the 18th century, there were uh, 1700 of them but uh, disease and su successive massacres um, by rubber tappers, loggers, and miners ravaged his people. <clears throat> in 1943, there was an estimated 100 remaining. And then there was another uh, large massacre in 1964, leaving only six of them, including Aruka. And then in 1999, his brother-in-law passed away. Uh, he was also took the name of his tribe, so he was Mr. Juma as well. And he, like many of the indigenous people of Brazil, um, used this surname. But anyway, uh, so when he died, uh, Aruka became the last uh, surviving Juma male. And so with that, the, trial, the tribes, uh, extinction was assured. And he died, <clears throat> Mr. Juma Aruka Juma died on February 17th uh, in a hospital in Porto Vejo, the capital of Rodonia State. And he was believed to be between 86 and 90. And he had a grandson. I don't know why he wasn't part of the tribe, but anyway, apparently he wasn't. And um, he said that the cause was COVID-19. Thank you. Uh, Nancy, Nancy, yeah. 
I don't um, know anyone personally that died from the COVID, but I found someone on the website. Um, his name is uh, Raymond Kashatia. No, no, no. Uh, he's um, quite famous uh, photographer. Um, iconic, uh, um, iconic new way photographer. He um, he went to the uh, Vietnam War during um, 1985, um, 54, and took photo of the people and landscape in Vietnam, Laos, and also Cambodia. And uh, he has an uh, exhibition of his work, Faces of Vietnam, uh, at museums and universities across the United States. Mm. At the age um, of 101. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> If not because wow. of COVID, I think he will live longer. Yeah. Say the and name. There's a lot of, yeah. Um, Raymond Couter, um, Raymond Couchiter, French um, photographer. Thank you. Nicole? Thank you for this opportunity. Um, it was hard to know which to choose. I've been surrounded by death over the past year and many people have got long-term COVID. So what I actually did was I went on to the National Health Service website to honour all, all the people in service who have died. And I chose a name from there. And the person's name is Paul Gaithwaite. He was a mental health nurse and he was 53 had worked for Northwest Boroughs Healthcare NHS Foundation Trust for 22 years, most recently as a senior nurse supporting older people with mental health conditions in St. Helens. He leaves behind a husband, David, whom he had been with for 22 years and married three years ago. A friend, Nikki Mercer, said, in all my career, I don't think I've ever worked with a more dedicated nurse. Paul gave so much of himself and his cheeky sense of humour made him very popular with patients. They asked for him by name as their care coordinator. Um, so I was deeply moved by that. Thank you, Nicole. Mm. Rosemary. Hi. Um so I also didn't know anybody um, who personally passed away from COVID. And I um, chose somebody from the New York Times uh, website. And this is Leo Goodman. Um, and his obit says that he transformed sociology with statistics. He died at 92. He developed tools for researchers to analyze categorical data, revolutionizing the study of poverty, income inequality, and social mobility. Um, so um, uh, until he, he began his work on statistics in the early 50s, researchers in the social sciences had a problem. It was easy to, to um, quantify the relationship between, anyway, it's a little technical here, but um, 
let me finish the sentence because it, it does. It was easy enough to quantify the relationship between two numerical measurements, say how height correlates to income level, but what about non-numerical categories like race and occupation? So this was pretty revolutionary. Um, so it was a goldmine for sociologists and professors, Professor Goodman gave them the tools to really dig into this. Um, he arrived at the University of Chicago in 1950 at 22 as an assistant professor of sociology and statistics. And almost immediately he began um, churning out just landmark papers with these two uh, areas of sociology and statistics. Um, he retired at age 89 and um, yeah, died at 92 of COVID. That's um, Leo Goodman. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, we didn't hear from Nelda. Nelda, I'm so sorry, I, I missed you. It's just, all right. Your name's not coming up on the list here. Oh, <laughs> Nelda's iPhone, sorry. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I didn't know of anyone until I went to this website who had died of COVID. And I feel like I know this young man. I decided to pick someone by my birth last name, Sanchez. And I came across Israel Saus from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He died yesterday, a year ago, at the age of 22. Like so many of us, he lived a simple life. He um, was a manager of a convenience store and gas station in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, just a year before his death, he had married his sweetheart. She was pregnant at the time. So a um, couple of weeks after their first year wedding anniversary last year, she gave birth and um, named the baby Hosiah. And um, Israel just couldn't wait to see his first child, the baby boy, and was so excited about it that he took a picture as soon as the baby was born. I'm gonna show it to you, you can see it, holding him. And um, three weeks later, he died. So his wife's burden, I imagine, challenge at this point is heavy. This baby's now a year old. Um, she didn't get to celebrate her second wedding anniversary and the child uh, now age one never got to meet his dad except in those first few weeks. So everyone thought of him as a lovely, gentle, well-mannered, kind young man. Um, so we've lost a good man, a good dad, a good husband. Have I forgotten anyone else? In offering incense, observing silence, and reading the names of those we have lost in the last year, 
We extend compassionate care to the hundreds of thousands of people we have not been able to name and all those they loved. And please feel free to add more names now if you, if you wish. And we extend compassionate care to all who are gravely ill, lacking basic necessities, or suffering, suffering violence in the world in thought, word, or deed. May they be serene through all their suffering, and may they, together with all beings, realize the awakened way. Let's say the Four Noble Truths. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. Before we end, I, I, left, I left my phone with a message that I wanted to share with you also in the other room. Joan, is it possible that you would be willing to speak the message that you had shared with me? Yes, uh, I'll do it uh, extemporaneously. Uh, there are a group of uh, council members that have been looking at how to support new people to Alpamata, and we've decided that uh, the question we wanted to ask would be good for all of Alpamata. And so we are asking, uh, I hope you can still hear me. Can you, uh, can you hear me now? Okay, can you hear me now? I, okay, uh, we are asking for you to think about how Alpamata can can support you and uh, answer that question by going to the website and at the bottom left-hand corner, the very bottom of every single page are the words, contact me. And if you click on that, you can enter in your information and for the subject, put something like Appamata support or something and, and put how Appamata could support you. And we just want to see uh, if there are ways that we could address things that are needed by you. If we have a number of offerings and they just may not be the offerings that are what you need or at the times. And so any information that we could have, we'd really appreciate it. We're going to be doing this through the month of March. So take a little time and do that. Thank you, John.
Okay, let's close. Uh, I would like to do nine bows for the end of this ceremony, and I hope you will join me in any way that works for you.